All right, Ira, here we are. It is August 12th, 2022. We're just like two months away from fantasy basketball season starting, and uh, we haven't checked in in a while. So, well, you know, last time we did this, you were not a married man, and, and that has changed, and, uh, you know. We've come a long way, I think, yeah. We've come a long way. Still, Justin's still the champion, but, you know, I feel like the, the wounds have healed to a degree. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm eager for the next season to come. Big season of free agency is taking place. The Warriors were champs. Uh, yeah, and now we're in the summer swing. We'll get to all that, but I think, you know, first, the, the biggest basketball-related thing that's happened since our last podcast is that the movie Hustle came out on Netflix. Um, I think most people in our circle know, are aware of this movie right now. Uh, Adam Sandler uh, starred, I think wrote, produced, yada, 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 uh, this movie. Um, <laughs> Star, yada, yada. Yeah, where he, he plays Stan Sugarman, who is an NBA scout for the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, and I'm a Stanley, yeah. Stanley Sugarman. His, I said Stan. Yeah, I know, but he goes, he goes by They call him Stan. Stan. Hey, Stanley. Yeah. I don't know. As a, as a grandson of two Stanleys, you know. Wow, two Stanleys. Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, my, my grandpa would actually be very happy if he was here, because he was always happy to see younger people named Stan. It's, it's really a dying name. <laughs> see the name still going on? Yeah. So every so often there'd be a basketball player coming up and I'd let him know about that. But uh, yeah, St- Stanley, Stanley Sugarman. Um, uh, let's, let's, let's talk about this movie because I think we were both pretty intrigued by it. I actually haven't got, I guess before we dive into like the details here, like what's your overall take on the movie? Like did you enjoy it? You know, I, I can't imagine you did not enjoy it. Yeah, no, I've, uh, so I've had, two, we had, I've had two watches now. One time I was like pretty hungover, so like, it was nice to lie on the couch watching. Second time I took like a much more analytical perspective and I'm pleased like the NBA content I think, or the basketball content here, I'm pretty pretty satisfied with. I feel like they hit like all the right places like with the basketball scene and like the street hoops, like what it's like play against the pros and like pick up games. Um, I feel like that's probably the hardest part to do in this movie and they hit all those cues pretty well. Yeah, I think what we'll, what we'll hit in talking through this movie is that, you know, when you're watching a sports movie, there's obviously always going to be the balance of needing to do things to make the movie work and the story work uh, and, and balancing the realism. And I think as far as the basketball playing goes, like you really couldn't get much better than they did in this movie. Uh, we'll talk about some individual scenes, but all, all the on-court stuff was incredible. Uh, even most of the technical stuff around the NBA was pretty spot on, I think, and uh, pretty cool. Um, let's, let's just kind of dive into it. I think we'll – I have – guys, this is the most – Work I've done for a podcast, maybe since our first episode ever. I have one, two, three, four. No homework. I do no homework. Normally. I took five pages of notes while watching my second time around with minute markers and indicators. A lot of it maybe not so useful, this is, but this is handwritten. The man's a notebook. Yeah, I have a notebook. Like I started from scratch. You know, I didn't know how long it was going to take. Um, so the the very first thing we're introduced in is is Stanley Sugarman. He's going into this hallway in what obviously looks like a third world country to some degree, uh, a, a tiny YMCA type gym. And despite this tiny gym, we see the, the most giant man in the movie, uh, one of our favorites, Boban. Um, did you happen to catch what his name in the credits is, by the way? Uh, I did not. I think I skipped the credits, to be honest. His so. name is Big Ser- Oh, well, we, we'll have to discuss that at some point, but his name is Big Serbian in the credits. So Big Serbian? He doesn't have a name. He's just Big Serbian. Okay. I was going to say, he's Serbian. Okay, I got uh, it right. Uh, a movie with a lot of interesting names, and he, they go with Big Serbian for him. <laughs> he's also wearing an N1 jersey, which I, I find pretty funny. Um, 
And I think, like, he's a pretty good comedic actor. Like, it's obviously going to be weird always with, like, a guy that big. But, like, he, he kind of nails it. Like, he right, right off the bat there, like, uh, you know, you got to be tw- – you know, he's, he's recruiting for the Sixers to find someone who's a steal in the draft. He's like, you got to be under 22 to be drafted. Uh, and Boban's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm 19. And he's like, oh, that's my son. He's, uh, he's, he's 15. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, it's a well-executed scene. And I feel like uh... – and you kind of wonder, like, when you see Bobot in the first scene, like, it's, are they shooting their shot earlier to try and convince you? And it's like, no, this, this is just the, this is the start. And it's, uh, we have a who's who of NBA guys. But, uh, yeah, Bobot, this is definitely, like, the, the right spot for Bobot to get dropped in the film. And it's a good, like, the second you see that, you're like, okay, they're going to do right by the NBA in this movie, right? Like, you know, if, if they're going Bobot deep, it's going to be the right way to do it. Um, you, have, you have a comment in your notes here. Uh, which thank you for sharing with me. Well, like, can't they just sign him as a free agent? And it's a really good point because they kind of were trying to do that with uh, with with Bo Cruz at some point as well. It's like if you could get him under the radar for like a you know a minimum contract, why wouldn't you just do that? But uh, nonetheless, good start to the movie. We move. We kind of get a montage, a fast food eating montage on the road out in Europe where he's going around. Star hotels and yeah, fast food dinners in bed. Yep. Uh, yeah, life. Uh, yep. Uh, nothing, you know, I, I thought like on my rewatch, I'm like, oh, I'm going to like, we're going to have something to talk about here. But no, it's just like pretty run of the mill. He had, he hit all the main ones, Wendy's, McDonald's, Pizza Hut. He had some KFC. Sparrow, I think, made an appearance. Sparrow made an appearance. Yeah. Sparrow. You know, uh, he comes back to America, uh, meets with the, the ownership there and, we immediately get this this bus family dynamic, you know, which I think it was very smart that they're like, we want to be realistic, but we want to take the interesting plots from, from the NBA and apply it and here. Who was it? They had Mo, what, Mo Wagner, right? Was the uh... oh, sorry, yeah, I'll be back. Mo Wagner, uh, whose name is Haas in the movie, uh, is the only guy of like thirty he sees in Europe that he thinks is a, a kind of a draftable pick, right? It's like the hotshot German prospect that has a lot of like popularity at the beginning of the draft. So that's kind of like who the war room is debating over when you uh, switch to like the Sixers ownership dynamic. Yeah, I like your question here. You're like, Sandler doesn't want to draft Haas because he doesn't make a third effort on defense and like, you know, yada, yada, yada. Does that really cost that much draft position? I think his implication is actually, the bigger point was he said that this team won the three games that he wasn't playing in and he's kind of like a loser. Like, like he, Paul would call him a loser, you know? So I can well, relate greatly to this. I, I could relate to the Stanley Sugarman character. Okay. <laughs> I think it has a look of a loser. I don't disagree. I mean, it's kind of like the same thing with like Chris Stapps. Like, you see Stapps, like, you're just like, this guy, like, this guy ain't gonna bring it. Like, so one of my comments early here is that, uh, well, first off, I liked it. I did like that they put him when he was playing internationally in like the Michigan Maze. Like, they had him in like a Maze jersey, which is, I thought was kind of uh, cool. Yeah. Like, it, it could have looked like Michigan. But if you're Mo Wagner's agent in real life, aren't you like, dude, do not take this role. Where you are the soft guy. Yeah, but I mean... Like, it, it's different than... And we'll get to Anthony Edwards in a, in a little bit where, like, he's the bad guy. But, like, if you're, if you're the soft European guy, which is, like, literally what you've, what you've been yeah, trying to break this, for... This is really a negotiating position here. I mean, most of the NBA players that made this film were, like, starters to, like, all-star types. So, I don't know. I think it's one of those things, like, you're a nobody, like, in terms of the NBA population. So, it's like, you want in... This is your role. Oh, all these guys definitely want that. Uh, you know, we do get like Aaron Gordon. This is his second IMDb credit now, at least. You know, he was in. Uh, <laughs> do you ever see Uncle Drew? Uh, I actually never did see Uncle Drew. Okay, he, he's he's like the villain in that movie, and not such a good one. But no, you know, I think so, he has the mold for he has the villain look. Yeah, that, well, that's why they probably casted him. But um, you know, 
These, these guys are chasing down these IMDb credits for sure. But we'll get to more of that later. Um, All right. So but, we're in the war room, right? Yeah, Let's we're in the war room. And immediately we have the, the, kind of the top conflicts, right? He, he is, we, we first meet the daughter of the elderly owner uh, who seems like a pretty stand-up person. She's going to meet with Adam Silver for lunch, you know, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Uh, then we walk into the room and it's the owner um, whose name is Rex, I believe. No, yeah, not Rex. Not. It's... Is it? It might be Rex. I'm thinking oh, Rex. I think the last name is Chapman, and there's a guy on a, a former basketball player <laughs> named Rex Chapman who's sticking in my head. There is a Rex. Yeah. Is that that was that was baseball? I think I don't know. Or yeah, that was football. I guess I'm, I'm pulling up the cast. Now. Okay. I, I you, you, you'll pull that up. But uh, basically, the the real the real thing we see right away is this dynamic between Sandler and the owner's son, Vince. Uh, it or, was Rex. Rex Merrick is the Rex name. Merrick. Okay. Not bad. Um, and, and and this is where the real tension is. You know, Vin seems like a, a, a more modern analytics guy. He's analyzing Haas on his wingspan and his, you know, jumping traits and... Shooting percentages. Yeah, right. Raw, raw shooting percentages, you know, empty gym shit. Uh, and Sandler is a little bit more old school. We consider ourselves more, uh, more in the enlightened group of NBA fans, but I did like this perspective that you don't, you don't necessarily see this as a war of, like, new versus old. It's more of... Uh, respect for the eye test as far as a guy who understands the kind of personality that becomes a winning basketball player. Did you feel the same way? Uh, yes. Yeah, they, they don't frame it as, some, as yeah, like a simple like nerds and stats versus just like scouting watches and like can just tell that this guy has it. It wasn't, it's not conveyed like that in the conversation. It's uh, interesting. I mean, I think Sandler winds up and the takeaway is kind of that Sandler feels like he's right in the conversation, or Sugarman, however yep. you want to refer to him. But he backs down just because Vince is like the owner's son. He, he very quickly gets a, a lecture from the owner saying that he, you know, he's not going to draft Haas, uh, and he wants Sandler to never back down. Uh, at the same time, he promotes Sandler to an assistant coaching job, which we find out is what he's always wanted. Something in his past has kind of prevented him from, from going down that road. Uh, we don't need to sort of go into all these details, but yeah, um, yeah. Let, let, I guess we'll keep it moving. Um, you have a comment here about do you think Sandler and the daughter are hooking up? Is that what, is that your an actual question from you? Well, not, not a question, but like there definitely seems to be a little bit of like definitely some respect, and I feel like that. Easily you think they've hooked could. up in the past? Uh, I don't know. Uh, whew, interesting. He's been there a long time. I, you know, I'll say I think there has been a hookup in the past. It seems. In her younger days, I bet, when she was a little, you know, a little looser, a little more open, like chummy with everybody. I bet him, you know, he's still being a hotshot, still being an athlete. I could see it. I more see, like, maybe he was just like, maybe she saw him as a father figure to some degree outside of her own father uh, growing up because she's a bit younger. Um, we, we find out pretty soon after the scene, as Sandler goes home, uh, that his wife is being played by Queen Latifah. They met in college when they were both athletes at uh, Temple, I want to say. And uh, I don't think he'd be fucking around on Queen Latifah. <laughs> but why? I don't know, just because Queen Latifah's going to kill him? I think she'd kick his ass, yeah. Yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, it's, it's, it's Queen Latifah. It's not really a catch here, no? I mean, it's... Uh, like I said, in my notes, we, we can jump to it now. Queen Latifah apparently is a track athlete. Paul, what, what sport do you suspect Queen Latifah was playing? Yeah. Shot put in discus. Yeah, shot put in discus. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, come on. It's... I mean, look, if we're gonna make the if we're gonna make the jump that Sandler was a former very good college band, uh, with, 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 with pro. No, but it was the dreams of being on an NCAA championship team. Yeah, he was a key claw. 
key a cog. key cog in his NCAA championship team. I'm picturing like a like a I guess what do you think is a point guard? I guess. I yeah, I, I saw. Yeah, like, he's talking about later in the movie about how he couldn't shoot basically, right? Okay. So he's, he's probably a, a point guard, a move the ball point guard, Game manager. But he's fat now. Like you can see, Queen Latifah maybe in her younger years was in shape, and maybe she was a sprinter. I think she's probably a shot put to Scott mold either way. This is not her first uh, foray into into basketball, right? Did, wasn't she a coach? Uh, or she? Well, she was in that movie uh, with Common. I'm looking this up. Where she was like, <laughs> she was she was like a basketball player, and she was a masseuse. You, you know what I'm talking about here? <laughs> no, there's not. There's no touching inappropriately. Uh, let's see. The movie is. Uh, she's not known for it, per IMDb. Probably a good thing. Uh, filmography, here we go. Uh, actress, here we go. Actress. She has a lot of credits, my friend. I bet she doesn't do movies anymore. Is she still... No, she does, she does stuff all the time. She's, she's everywhere? She pops up. She's oh, one of those. She pops oh, up in things. Just right. Yeah, just right. The, the IMDb synopsis. Uh, a physical therapist falls for the basketball player she's helping recover from a career-threatening injury. Not a great movie. Not a great movie. It used to be on HBO all the time. Uh, not great. Other IMDb kind of roll in here. Like, what do you think of – so we, we talked about Vin as, as the, the kind of enemy right off the bat. Uh, played by Ben Foster. What do you know him originally from? Do you not recognize him? So I, I know for a fact you know him from X-Men. He was the guy with the wings. Angel? Yeah, he's Angel. Yeah, oh, jeez. That's actually what I thought his name was, but I was too afraid that's, to say it out loud. That's an odd pull. I mean, it was a pretty lousy movie, that X3. Yeah, he's in X3, the last, X-Men, The Last Stand. Um, I knew him originally from two things. He was in a Disney Channel original <laughs> series called Flash Forward, which was pretty good. Like, I really enjoyed it. You never saw? You never watched that? Flash forward? No, I never. I missed that one. Oh, I missed okay. a lot of the, the teenage Disney Channel years. I think. You didn't have Disney Channel as a kid. Uh, I had it when I was young, but like I feel like I I kind of I would do like a I can't be too into Disney thing, you know? Like in the puberty. Okay. The, the show originally aired from ninety five to ninety seven, but it was on replay a lot because like I don't think I was watching in those early years. Yeah, okay, it's credits. I don't think I ever but seen this pre- one. Oh, only one season. Of the show that's shocking. Like it was on all the time. Uh, good show. <laughs> um, then he was. Like the next thing I really know him from was the movie Get Over It, which is like a kind of like a teenage chick flick rom com starring him, Kirsten Dunst, and Cisco of uh, Thong Song fame. All right, interesting. So yeah, when I saw him as like this evil, I, I, I know he's done some a lot of serious work in the last like you know few years, but uh, for me, this is really the first thing I've seen him in as the kind of like this kind of bad guy. Uh, I think he 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 becomes a pretty good one. I think he- he pulls it off well. It's, I mean, it's not even, like, I mean, he's a bit of a douche, but, like, he's, I mean, he's really just a douche. Like, that's a shtick. Um, and, yeah, and obviously, I guess we should, let's move this along a little bit. Naturally, um, the owner of the franchise, who's, like, a stand-up dude, Rex, dies after promoting uh, Stanley to actually being an assistant coach on the team. And with Rex's death, his douchebag son, Vince, who... Stanley doesn't get along with Wait, wait, well. we can't skip over the whole memorial party that was going on there, okay? We're, <laughs> we're first introduced here to the circle here. Right. Do you see who's doing, like, who's at the memorial? We had Mark Cuban for about 12 seconds. Yeah, I caught him with him. We had, we had Dr. J, which comes to be important in the story. We have Kenny Smith, who's the first NBA circle guy 
Uh, well, sorry, no, that's actually not true. He's he's the I guess now the third after Boban and Haas. He's the third kind of NBA guy that's not himself in this movie. He plays. Uh, I wrote the name down. Kenny here. Anderson. I mean, he's like a like a power agent. Not Kenny Anderson, Kenny okay, Smith. Smith. Leon. Yeah, he me. plays Leon Rich, which seems to me to be a cross of Leon Rose and Rich Paul uh, in, in name. Uh, so. Yeah. Uh, the, movie, the movie was also produced, I don't know if you caught this, by LeBron. Oh, it, was Leon, it was Leon, that's how they named him? His, his name is, yes, his name is Leon Rich. The movie is produced by LeBron James and Maverick Carter. Really? I don't know if you caught that. I did not catch that. At, yeah, the five minute mark, uh, that, that production credit comes out. LeBron James, okay. Interesting. So, interesting. He produced it, didn't want to be in it. That's so weird. Nobody, I guess he has the connections to make it happen. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting, I thought. I wanted to talk about this, but I thought like, I thought like there was like a segment in NBA that didn't want to be involved. Like, I feel like you could like look at the players that were in the movie and kind of like... Well, yeah, the younger guys that want more name recognition want to be in it. Like, obviously, like we're talking about the Sixers here. Joel Embiid noticeably absent from the movie until the, the final scene where they're yeah, just recording it. game film. Um, but you have Tobias Harris, you have Matisse Thybul. Tyrese Maxey uh, and Seth Curry. Yeah, those yeah. are the, those are the Sixers that are in the movie. Um, plenty of Sixers. A lot of Eastern Conference guys. I mean, yeah, you got Kyle Lowry was in UC. You see, you see uh, Chris Middleton shows up later in the movie. Yeah, Middleton gets some lines. Uh, yeah. Trey Young's in there. Yeah, we'll get in there for a minute. That's uh, sure. Okay. Well, anyway. I guess, yeah, I guess it's the young... Well, so anyway, it, one of the weirdest things in this thing was at the memorial service, Vin is with some, some of his boys, and like obviously they're toasting... Probably, they think that everyone thinks they're toasting his father, but he's really toasting that he's going to take over this team. He's, in that circle is Fat Joe. You remember Fat Joe? I don't know Fat Joe. You remember the song, What's Love? What's love okay. got to do? Yeah, yeah that's Fat Joe. Huh. Fat Joe is in there, which I found to be a very strange casting uh, choice. Okay. Is it Steve Urkel's in that circle? Is that, uh, Steve Urkel's not in that circle, but he's in this movie. Uh, Jaleel White. He's one of his guys, no? He's one of Vin's guys, and that, maybe not in that drinking circle. Okay. He's like, yeah, later on, I guess, yeah. Uh, it's, in, it's in the scene where they're debating about, Haas, actually, earlier outside. on. No, it's when they talk outside. Like, when he... Uh, it's, it's both. He's, it's, in, he's, it's, he's in management. All right, yeah. yeah. All right, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Fine. Um, okay. 13 minutes, 10 seconds. I just really like this line. Sam was dropping his daughter off to, to hang with his friends. Uh, I, I just have a, a bunch of quotes that I've written down throughout this movie because I think they're, like, really funny. Uh, he drops his daughter off. They're all oblivious to him. And he says, girls, I've known you since kindergarten. None of you say hi. Just good shit. I like it. Yeah. The dad jokes really speak to you. I, I, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. We practice with the guys I mentioned before. Um, uh, yeah. I mentioned my issue with, with uh, Haas being in this movie. Um, <laughs> 1919, uh, Samuel says to his wife, Queen Latifah, guys in their 50s don't have dreams, they have eczema. They have nightmares and eczema. That's, like a t- that's, t- that's tattoo-worthy right there, I think. That's a good line. <laughs> nightmares and eczema? Yeah. Oh, I did want to point out to everyone that Ira, in his rundown, did spell Queen Latifah, Queen La-Tifah. Latifah's one word. Okay. Uh, so that, that I just want to point that out. Yeah. It. I had a good laugh at that. Right. Not too far off. Yeah. La Tifa. So how do you pronounce it though? It's kind of pronounced it's Latifa. broken up. It's just Latifa? Latifa. Yeah. It's such an odd last name. All right. Well, it's like a stage name, the whole thing. Okay. It's not her real name. Fair. Uh, bah, 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 bah. We hear talk about, about, you know, potentially trading Embiid for, for this guy Zeke and the number one pick. We never hear about Zeke the rest of the movie, by the way. 
Zeke is, Zeke is the lock number one pick. There's this other dude we find out about, Kermit, who, who wants to become the number one pick. Yeah. But, you know, the Sixers are thinking that, that Zeke is his... All right. So anyway, you know, he's, he's heading back to Spain. Uh, he's got to be a scout again. Yeah, he's, he's got to be a scout. It's kind of bullshit. He's not happy about it. And the, the first guy he goes to see is injured and not playing. So he, he goes to look for a, you know, just to go shoot some hoops for fun for himself. Uh, did you notice what he was, like, the ball he was carrying on the way to the pickup basketball? It was a shit ball. So I looked it up. Uh, it was a, uh, the brand is called Softy. S-O-F-T-E-E. How'd you look this up? You just, like, Google, like, what ball was used in the scene? Well, I, I, I saw... Yeah, I, I, I used my eyes. Yeah. Uh, he was using the softy nylon basketball. It sells for five euros. Pretty good deal. Spanish ball? Okay. Yeah. It looked ball. like a pretty standard, like, you know, beach prize basketball when you, you know, at a boardwalk. Uh, okay. Which is fresh on my mind as I recently won a, a boardwalk basketball. We'll get to the ball, don't worry. Yeah. Um, uh, what was also strange is, like, when he dribbled it, it was, the ball was, and I know I'm colorblind, so this may be like that, that remember that, like, the, the dress that people saw as different colors? It may be that issue for me, but I initially saw it as um, white and blue, and then when he stops at the basketball court, color. it was yellow, yellow green. Okay. So I think there were two different softy basketballs used in this filming. <laughs> no, I don't know about that, but... What I found interesting is, like, when you're making a movie, every little detail like that is, like, generally, like, accounted for. Like, oh, like, like he has this softy... Like, is he traveling with this European cheap basketball through airport security? He got a basketball. He was in Spain. He got a basketball. So you think he was in Spain? It was nighttime. He was going to go to this game. He couldn't go. He then. Go- he was going to go to this game. All right. How late does Thor stay open in Spain? You were just in Spain, were you not? Probably got the ball from one of his contacts out there. He's got a basketball. One of his. One of his. I mean, it might be illegal for the scouts to accept the the basketball. That might be bribery, technically. It's not the NCAA, man. I mean, no one's enforcing this shit. Well, you say, well, NCAA, nobody enforces shit there. Well, but I'm saying, like, there's, there's no rules over, you know, inter- in the international game, there's no one's enforcing shit. Yeah, no one's watching this. Uh, I feel like Stanley's going to buy the book, knowing, uh, knowing corporate's not looking out for him, but anyway. Uh, our movie really picks up at this point. Uh, he's watching this pickup game, and there's this dude that's dribbling around a lot. Uh, the actor is Elvin Rodriguez. Uh, he's from Harlem. He played two seasons at, at the University of Denver, averaging, like, four points a game. Uh... But then in comes our star, uh, who we will find out, uh, Bo Cruz, played by Juancho Hernan Gomez, uh, wearing some boots, some like Timberland type boots. Yeah. Um, construction worker. Yeah. At the 24 minute mark, uh, you know, he, he basically challenges this, this dude with the handle to a one-on-one game. Uh, and basically said, if you, if you hit, you know, if you score on me, uh, you know, this 20, 20 euros is, is yours. If not, it's mine. Uh, and he just totally locks him up. Sandler is in love. This is <laughs> this is the guy he's been looking for. It's going to be his ticket back to the NBA. It's a euphoric moment for yep. him. Um, he then has to, you know, he has to follow this dude back. And we had some good awkward moments on the bus. Uh, it's some awkward translation. Before we before we leave the court, there, I do want to know. So is this, is this dollar? Do you think this bills thing is how it's done out in the streets? You know, you think guys just like throw money on on their chests and are like, "All right, we're playing for this." I've never been around hustling culture on a basketball court, but I, it's not shocking. What I found more shocking like, about the scene actually, the bucks rolled up and it's like, "All right, if he's a game, like, did, let's go." Did it not feel like a Fast and the Furious scene to you? Like it felt oh, like, like it felt like scene. like like Paul Walker walking into like Brazil 
and like these dudes just fucking love Dom, right? Like, like yeah. it, it kind of felt like the, I'm like, oh, I wonder if in Mallorca, Spain, where this was allegedly supposed to be, if there's like this real street basketball culture. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, I think if it was Fast and Furious, like like I said in the notes here, I think a gun or a knife would have been pulled when like that dude threw the basketball. In Wancho's back after getting his ass beat. Well, generally in like movies where there is hustling going on, it's usually in a pool, you know, billiard situation. There's usually a, an immediate like push to the. Is that hustling? That wasn't hustling, was it? I mean, well, yeah. Beat him. I mean, should... first off, you understand the movie is called Hustle, right? I, I Part of that was reference to the hustle. I feel like it was hustle. Like you got to hustle if you want to make the lead. It's man. a. It's there's multiple there's most multiple meanings. Part of it, Sam even refers. He says, "Are the boots all part of the hustle?" He says that to him. Because uh, okay. he's he's, right. he's pretending to be nothing, and then he then he kind of you know. Okay, I mean, he does get his team to win. Though, he does the same thing when he comes to America for the first time. He goes and plays pickup in New York and is winning money he's off these guys. Money, I mean that's a hustling though. That's just like the dude wants well, to make yeah. money. We didn't see it, you know. Um, I guess the, the, the you know. Actually, this is probably this is probably a good point to kind of talk about movies that this kind of leans into, right? Um, at, at first, you say this is kind of a white man can't jump element where that movie is all about hustling in basketball, right? Uh-huh. Um, you know, uh, that's definitely a big influence. Um, actually, well, I'll, hold, I'll hold my other influences for as we as we keep going here. But yeah. um, we got we got a little FaceTime with Dirk um, uh, yeah. <laughs> to, to kind of validate himself as an NBA scout. Uh, what would be your phone call to make if if you were the NBA scout trying to convince some some foreign dude that you were you were the guy? Uh, I'm thinking like a foreign dude. I think. At first, are we are we saying that we know anybody here? I'm so, yeah, I'm, I'm saying that you actually know the guy you're calling. But like, I think you also need to account for, like, are they going to answer the phone? Like, are they actually going to back me up here? Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like if I could try calling, like, I don't know, like Chris Paul. Like, Chris Paul can help me out. Like, Chris Paul's just got better things to do than to pick up his phone, like, the phone and, like, vouch for me. To me, Embiid seems like the logical choice here. Like, he's a Sixers guy. Obviously, they couldn't get him for the movie. That seems like, like what it should have been, right? He's an international guy. So like, and to, to, to the credit of the movie, like that was a good play. Like, oh, Dirk is known in, in Europe. Like everybody knows Dirk. Like if you, have dream, if, if you have dreams of coming to America, you know, to play basketball, you know who Dirk is. Yeah. Similarly, like, I would like flip that and also say like Luca would be a good. Luca would be good. Uh, Probably Yao Ming would be a good one. Like everyone knows Yao. Wow. Well, yeah. But then China owns her data, so you don't want to do that. <laughs> and I think like. I'd say, like, maybe, like, if you want, like, somebody who's, like, recently retired, like, a Kendrick Perkins, I think somebody, like, like, he'll answer the phone, probably, and, like, he'll give you some good words, I think. Yeah, you gotta, I mean, does Bo Cruz know Kendrick Perkins? Uh, I think Perkins. This dude's working. This dude, this dude, is this dude watching ESPN? He has a daughter? Okay, he's a daughter, he's working a job to support his family. He's not watching that level. Um, We do find out that Bo Cruz is, uh, you know, a former Barcelona Academy guy, which is a pretty big deal. Uh, he had the he had the the gym bag when he was walking back to his apartment. Okay, okay, I uh, of course he did. Um, <laughs> what happened? Um, All right. We we find out that he had an incident, you know, of kind of domestic abuse or whatever uh, that that potentially could impact his draft position. Right. Uh, the airport security. Yeah. What, what what's what's kind of the, the the thing holding you up in airport security when you're coming to America? That's gonna that's gonna hold you back from from your NBA dream, Ira. Ah, and, why, and why? And why is it the the, the two strikes at Delaware incident? <laughs> oh yeah, that's gotta be that's gotta be up there. I don't know. I I think pr- probably when I got probably when the, when I was on my third strike in the back of the cop car, that would probably be up there. Like a little public littering, you know, beer can. 
you know, cop put his hand on me. It's a bad look. For me, it's definitely got to be public urination. You know, I'm, I'm always on the brink of getting caught. I always get away with it. But. Public urination, I mean, that's, that's pretty child's play. It's mm-hmm. one of those child's play things that, that, that winds up on the record, though, you know? Yeah, I've avoided it to I, this day, but... Take a deuce under a swing set. Then that's, that's the kind of child's play that'll get you in trouble. You know? uh, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, okay, so, you know, Bo comes back to America. Um, oh, sorry, well, sorry, before we go back to America, let's talk about the Spain practice, right? Uh, okay. Samuel wants to see if he's for real. So we, yeah, we, we get uh, Jose Calderon. Here's the weird thing, right? So we, get, we, we actually get this crossover of, like... True, true life versus fiction. Willie Hernan Gomez is at the practice. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Uh, like, because in this world, Wancho does not exist. I mean, Willie can still exist now. Well, but without a brother, he's a whole different person now. Well, I, I do like that they I joke. Better, I, I do like that they joke after after Wancho does like a he does his um like the vertical leap. And they say, oh, <laughs> like after he jumps super high, he's like, oh, Willie, you're off the team now. I, <laughs> I did appreciate that. Uh, Willie's a good sport for that. We got Alex Sabrinas in there, uh, Felipe, something I'm blanking on, uh, some other Spanish team guys, but that was, that was kind of cool. Like at that point, you're like, oh, this movie's really into the deep cuts. Once you get like Jose Calderon, who's been out of the league for like a while now. Really? Yeah, uh, player. Mm-hmm. Really? yeah we went to the Knicks. We went to like our first Knicks game uh, post Israel. Yeah, well, Jose was on the team back okay. then, like 2014, I guess 2015. Yeah, mm. so yeah, I like that soft spot for Jose. That's good. I feel like if she'd gone a little bit later, she would have been a Pablo Prigioni guy, which, like, that's, that's my speed, mm. personally. I'm okay. a big Pablo Prigioni guy. He'll be great in this movie. Yeah. Um, All right, so makes that out of Spain, coming back home. Yep. Uh, he comes back home to Philly, where Sandler does not really have support of the team. He's, he's yeah. putting up the money for him. He puts it at the Lowe's Philly Hotel. Uh, I looked it up. <laughs> of course. Did Rudy stay here? <laughs> it's a $400 night hotel. Like, Ooh, like Sandler is not making a lot of money. Uh, he like like could lose his house over this. I mean, I guess you want to show the guy a good time, right? You you want to make him think he's on a team budget. I guess he also thinks that the team is going to pick up the tab eventually, right? Yeah, we That's quick we quickly learn at, at the forty two and a half minute mark uh, when he brings him to like an open run in Philly, um, where where things don't go so well. Uh, you know that the team is not going to pick up the tab. Vin, the owner that we've talked about, is, is the antagonist in the movie, is a real asshole. Like, why is he such a dick? Like, I understand that he's not so happy that Stan brought this guy back. But, wow. but you, he, you sent him back on the road with the idea that, like, you're going to find me the guy that's going to be the missing piece to our championship team. And you're just outwardly being a dick and rooting against this guy being successful. Well, I mean... This I is the one thing that's, like, a little farcical in the movie to me. I don't know. The real clashing point is... I mean, well, I don't even remember now. Why, why does Vince refuse to bring him over during the movie. I mean, I think, is he just kind of like, let's keep talking about it? Like, keep looking for me? Yeah, I think he's a little skeptical. He's he, no. He, he has no, he has no, you know, he found him on this pickup game. He has no, like, he, he hasn't heard of him. He, he, he's, he's, a, he's a new age owner who, you know. Oh, come on. How many owners are just going to be like, oh yeah, you, you find a guy you like, bring him over, no problem. Yeah, but uh, that's, that's fair. But also, you're a billionaire. Can you do that, by the way? Can you stash a guy? Well, an agent could bring him over. Like he's a he's a eligible draft eligible player. You could, you know, bring him over. Uh, you know, he's but you not getting paid for at that point. I mean, uh, no, but he could he could have given him a G League contract or something like that, and you know. But but once again, I thought you said, you said draft. 
But an agent, an agent could have brought it. They could have figured something out. Is what okay, I'm saying. Yeah, all right, fine. Right, like an, an agents could do that kind of thing. They could pay yeah, for a player agent, to come an over. Agent certainly could. And obviously, he has his agent friend in Leon Rich, True. Um, yeah. who's at this practice. Probably on a bone. Vin is just outwardly rooting against this guy. Like it, it makes I, no sense. You would be me. pissed off. Uh, if it's my money, I might be a little pissed off. But like, I, I'd still be interested to see if like, oh, maybe he found this like some guy. True. Right, like. You know, this is this is someone who I'm supposed to be trusting his opinion. That's why I'm sending him back on the road. If he's if he's bringing me a guy who he thinks is really some hidden gem, I'd at least be interested yeah. to give him a minimum contract. I should say, yeah. And Vince takes almost like a softer turn where he's like, like you're actually good at scouting. You were right about that German guy Haas, and like, but then he doesn't actually support the opinion. Right. The, 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 the last time he shows support in the movie, um, we do. So Kyle Lowry shows in the scene, which is like. A, his cameo is a little underwhelming to me. He doesn't really do much. He doesn't talk much. It's no. weird. I mean, he's a very... Kyle's a bit like a Kawhi type, you know? It's I, like, I, I guess so. Not really a communicator. I guess so. We get our first um, first look at the other antagonist of the movie, uh, Kermit, played by Anthony Edwards. An amazing antagonist. Incredible. Not just the other antagonist. Um, I don't know if you read anything about like the movie after afterwards, but like there's a scene later on in the movie where Wancho has to block like the, the shit out of Anthony Edwards and... And Anthony Edwards wouldn't let him do it. Like he, he like, he's, and he's at some point I was like, "Bro, like, it's the movie. You have to. It's not real. You just have to let me do it." And he's like, uh, it, "It was a lot." Um, he's pretty good. Like he's he's laughing while tra- talking trash. It told like you know, in some movies it would come across as like, "Oh, this guy's not a good actor," but like for him it's just perfect. I don't know. I, like if you know Anthony Edwards, you just know that this is like perfect fucking dialogue. It, it, his trash talking is really good. Um, and it's a it's a great setup. There's a coolness to Anthony Edwards. Like he just like he can't, It's like it just rolls right off him. You know, it's it's well executed for sure. Yeah. I'll also point out in the scene, Jay Wright shows up, uh, not in a suit, which is just off putting to me. You know, he's wearing like a windbreaker <laughs> situation. Um, you know, still looks good, but you know, not the same thing. Uh, maybe the weirdest line in the movie uh, as they're leaving the gym and, and before the big you know fight between Sandler and Vin. Uh, <laughs> Vin says, we're going to catch some din-din. I just found that to be a strange line. We're going to catch some din-din. Like, you're a billionaire and you're saying the word din-din instead of dinner? Yeah, that's an odd play. Very specific know. line. I thought it was very funny. Um, hmm. We have a falling out between Sandler and Vince, and, and basically we're at this point where Sandler is now totally responsible for Bo Cruz, right? And now has to lie to Bo Cruz and yeah. act like he's stashing for the team when he's really just paying on his own dime. He, he gives him a lecture a few minutes later about how, you know, things didn't go well at the run, but, uh, you know, obsession is going to beat talent every time. I really like that line. I think that's a good takeaway motivational quote from this movie. Obsession is going to beat talent every time. Um, Do you want to talk about know. this now or my, like my takeaway at point thirteen there? I don't know. It's uh, – I just find – this is like part of the movie like where they don't want to hit the right cues, I feel like. Oh, OK. So yeah, actually, let's, let's get into this because you, you called an 80s pep talk. I think this is – we're starting to get to this point in the movie where it's it's actually a good homage to Rocky. And uh, look, we're in Philadelphia. It's a sports movie. You you can't you can't not have an homage to to Rocky, right? Um, so you got to have a little bit of the '80s pep talk built up to the montage. And we're starting to get here. We we had this line, you know, Sailor, but he does it in a way that's respectful and different, right? Like he's not trying to be the ultra motivator. He's just trying to be this. More modern, soft guy who understands another emotional uh, athlete, right? Uh, what happened in that game was, I mean, Bo Cruz was playing good basketball, living up to the hype. 
And then, you know, Kermit was talking to trash. And the guy on both sides a little bit, though. Got a little out of control. He got too emotional. Some guys don't play well angry like that. And then Sandler challenges him, like, oh, it's because, like, you didn't want it bad enough. And, like, it had nothing to do with wanting it bad enough. Like, you just got a little trash talked and, you know, you lost your shit. He like, does acknowledge the next scene when the training begins. Um, you know, when they're in the basketball gym, he's basically talking shit to him, uh, you know, saying bad things about his mother, uh, yeah. speaking to him in Spanish. He realizes, I think, that, you know, this is bad. But, but the real beginning of this training segment starts with a 4.30 a.m. wake-up uh, to do a hill run. Uh, you know, we get a little nod to Kobe that Kobe was waking up at 4 a.m. to train. Uh, another Philly reference to some degree, by the way. Kobe came up in Philly, uh, besides the rest of the world in Italy and all that. Yeah, um, Kobe. Right? But the hill run, to me, is a very Philly thing. It's an homage to Rocky. Uh, I think they did a smart thing not doing the Rocky run and, and being that direct. Wow, you can't do that. But they, they do go to another Philly classic spot called the Maniunk Wall, um, which uh, I did some research here. Actually, let me pull up, pull up the data. Um, it's an extremely tough bike ride. He says in the movie that the average biker does it in 2 minutes and 15 seconds, uh, and he wants Bo to run it in 145. Um, from, a, from Velo News, which is a, a biking source, the length of that run is a half mile at an average gradient of 8.2% incline. Maximum gradient, 17%. That's, that's more than any treadmill will get you. To be clear, a half mile, you're not doing 145. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and eleva- elevation gain is 226. Maybe he's not doing the full half mile, but either way, it's pretty intense. Um, I thought I saw Dan Weiser out there, but maybe I was wrong. <laughs> he, I did like him getting yelled at at one point for being driving in the car on that road. I guess it's mostly you know, for bikers, but uh, there is an annual race held there in June. Um, which, where there's unbearable humidity, which is, I'm sure he was facing at this time in the movie. Um, just a, a, nice, a nice little scene, a little different element added. Kind of like how in uh, the last Creed movie, he didn't do the same run as Rocky, but he had his own kind of thing where he was running with the, the biker gang as well. Um, right. So now... I mean, yeah. No, I mean, you can't put this on Creed's level. We should do our own podcast for Creed. <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah, so a worthy attempt at least. Um, but so so I, I personally like that. Um, we're not at the true training montage. We'll get to that in a minute. But you know, in between this this beginning light work and you know, Sandler's happy with Bo's output and, and he thinks he's a good kid and he's going to get there. But it's not quite going great yet. In between that, we see you know Bo kind of tired at the hotel. Uh, we get another great line that uh, Bo is paying for internet porn. Have you ever paid? Or, or, sorry, he's paying for hotel porn. Uh, have you ever paid for hotel porn? Nah, I don't think hotel porn. Okay, that, that's good. Yeah, you know the internet's there. Right. I, I know for sure you haven't paid for hotel Pringles like Bo, like Bo did. I, I do not pay for any hotel expense items, please. Yeah. I have standards. At, at the hour mark of the movie, the insane, you know, the intense training drill montage goes. We don't get like a classic song like we do in Rocky, but I do think we get good movie, like a good song that paints like the emotion of the moment as it's going. Um, it's a lot of struggle. He does, he starts with this drill. These drills are insane, Right. It's actually gets back to a conversation we had a few weeks ago when you were a little drunk. When you when you were talking about how you know, you know, and I, I was just explaining to you that these guys are on a, such a different skill level. In the very first drill he's doing, he's dribbling a ball while pushing another ball, like a medicine ball, on the floor, uh, while a, a another dude is rolling a giant tire that he's going to have to pass this ball through via bounce pass. Intense. Do you have a medicine ball? Yeah. That tire pass would be easy to me. That's the, I'm, well, so you're dribbling a ball, moving yeah, another ball, ball, and on the move making that bounce pass right, with so the tire. So you're dribbling and 
passing the ball through the tire. Uh, it, it seemed pretty intense to me. And you're going full speed. Um, we get a like a crochet. I thought it was a pretty cool montage scene. Like you see, he's working hard, but he's not satisfied. He like the workouts are good. Yeah, he, he's not hitting what he wants to do. He's a little sad about it. But then, kind of the we get intenser. And it goes and it goes and he's picking up the speed of these yeah. drills and like we can't do any of these we can't do any of these drills. Touch the lights? We can touch the lights. Come on. I, it's hard. The reaction drills are harder than you think. I really, I really do. Yeah, it's you got a younger body, with a little more flexibility. I mean, the comb thing. They call thing doesn't look that hard. Like picking it up and like dropping it in. It's it, you're doing. It's it's, it's a coordinate. It's, it's coordination. It's not a good movie scene. So you, you didn't like it as a training montage. I would have liked a bunch better drills. I just don't think those drills were so impressive. Okay. I, I mean, I, I personally, I, I can't they believe... They should have had the pads out. They should have... They, should have oh, they, the they had the pads out. They had the drill where he's blocking like five guys at once and then taking the a block, charge. They had the block thing. That was nice. Yeah. Um, I, I thought it was pretty intense and it just... You could tell he was working hard every minute of every day and, and I kind of liked that in that scene. Um, I should have him be playing like 21 or something, you know, or like make him play like one on three or something. You know, I, you got to get creative with this stuff. Yeah, um, we we then learn about ten minutes later. You know, um, you know, Vin being an asshole again goes public about Bo's assault for no apparent reason other than to stick it to Adam Sandler. Uh, there's there's risk that he's not going to be able to join the NBA Combine. Uh, so Sandler's daughter has this idea of the uh, Bo Cruz Challenge, which I thought was a very smart way to bring in like you know modern street culture. Like, have you played two K like the the my the my player mode? In the last yeah, few years, they do all these crazy things about like these viral campaigns and shit, and then your player gets to go try out for the, the NBA. Did it not remind you of like like did it not remind you of like kind of remind you of like the ice like the ice lunge challenge, the ice dive challenge that we all did for ice bucket challenge? Yeah, the ice bucket challenge. Like it's some kind of viral thing. I feel like just, yeah, absolutely. But like NBA two K has been trying to capture this for years, and they can't do it. And this movie totally nailed it. Um, basically, he's blocking the shit out of everybody. It's going viral. Luca loves it. AI loves it. Uh, yeah, you get Tobias Harris showing up at the court. You, you beg the question: how, how much did AI get paid for that five second clip? Probably not too. I bet AI did it for free. He's like, "Yo, is this, is, yeah, I, you do this for Philly, like, you I know." Guess. I don't know. I feel like if you wanted, you should have given a bigger montage. Like, imagine you showed up for the the challenge or whatever. That would have been a great scene. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, well sure. Uh, I mean, Julius Irving. I mean, you know, I mean yeah, Doctor J just kick it all off. Um, you know, because you think all guys did it for free? I don't know. You think Julius Irving was just doing that? Good no, movie? Julius Irving got paid. He's a true actor in the movie, for sure. Sort of, yeah. Uh, the, the only NBA player that plays against Bo Cruz in this challenge is Tobias Harris, which, dude, is Tobias Harris the most Tobias Harris thing on the planet? Like, he's so boring, right? I think it's, it's, a, it's a pretty good matchup. It's, yeah. it's bad trash talk. Like, nothing about how he played in this game stuck out. Like, it's just, it, like, it, he, plays he, to his he, style. He, he was Tobias Harris personified in this movie. We're talking about like, uh, like we're not gonna like we're gonna watch this movie again in ten years and we're gonna be like what's that guy's name again like who what, who is he? <laughs> it's funny we were talking about uh well, we're going to DC in a few weeks visit Garrett um and we're going to see a DC United game probably um and I guess DC United recently acquired some European some Euro player I don't know well Wayne Rooney's our coach now is that okay. what you're thinking of? okay but no they acquired some player and I was like oh like I don't know who the fuck this guy is like he'd be like an NBA comp you know and like Garrett Garrett took a try at it and said like he's like. Basically, like Tobias Harris, like in the European context, and like, he's going to be like LeBron now in the, the U.S. context. Oh, well, Garrett, Garrett doesn't understand MLS, so he's wrong about that. But uh, yeah. that's another podcast as well. <laughs> um, Seth Curry shows up on the sideline, being dorky as Seth Curry. Uh, not mo- much more to say there. Um, a few minutes later, we have probably 
the best scene in the movie, I would, I, I would think. It's going to be the scene that if, like, anyone in this movie wins an award, it's, like, if Wancho wins an award, it'll be for the scene. It's the pool scene in the hotel. Okay. Sandler rewards him for all his hard work and brings his daughter, uh, Lucia, to, to the States. Um, it's a total surprise, and he just kind of jumps in the pool the second he sees her. Were you yeah. moved by the scene? It's a nice moment. I like, I like the pool jump. I like, like just like the enthusiasm he has. It's well done. I mean, we should say why. I want to a nice job. I think he does a great job in this movie. It's it's not a hard role to play, but he pulls it off well. Well, later in this movie, he does cry. Um, after after his after his family in the combine, his mother gives him a talk. Does he cry um, that? Yeah, and and gives him this nice speech about how he does so much for the family, and you know he never thinks it's good enough. Um, but he's their oak tree and, and Sugarman is his oak tree. Uh, and he's the guy that, that makes him lighter and takes it off him. And he has nice, a nice tear shoots down his face. Like it's, that's <laughs> pretty good acting in my opinion. So, uh, watch out, maybe a future in, in, uh, in acting. <laughs> well, I mean, so, certainly better than his basketball peers in acting than uh, in basketball. So. I mean, I, I, I'm trying to think who's on that level even potential. Like Ray Allen, I mean, have you seen He's Got Game? Yeah, a long time ago. Okay. It's been a while. He's pretty good in that movie, but again, it's pretty much straight basketball, no emotion kind of stuff. Uh, I do think Wancho takes the torch as the, the best basketball uh, player actor in, in this movie. I mean, having Uncle Drew, so yeah, I mean, that'd be, I guess, uh, like Kyrie competes in that. It's also a comedy, so like, it's, the whole thing's kind of funny. I mean, yeah, I guess Kyrie, he's playing like an old man. It's pretty funny. So, uh, yeah, not bad. Um, Okay, after this, we, you know, we have so we the we pool get, scene. We go to the we combine. The... Chris Middleton, for some reason, is there in street clothes with, with uh, Kermit. Like, yeah, Chris Middleton has an interesting appearance here, who's, like, just a spectator. But, like, he actually probably gets, like, the most lines out of, like, any player, like, besides, like, Bo Cruz. And, like... I, I think that's right. He, like, <laughs> even, like, later on, he, like, talks to, to, he's like, oh, Stan, you got a good one out here. Yeah. Um, Frank for shows, shows up, which I like, like, just because, you know, he's... He's, you know, I did find it interesting that he's talking more about the, the college players and, like, he's known for being the international dude, right? Um, but I, I appreciate him being in the movie. Um, basketball's going pretty well in this Rebeau uh, until uh, Anthony Edwards realizes that, that Bo's daughter's in the stands and immediately starts talking trash about, you know, you know he could be her real father and, and all this stuff. Yeah. Uh, the trash talk is really good. It's really wow. good. He, 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 he digs deep. He's yeah. laughing as he's getting under his skin, and it's just so he's incredible. Like, yeah, don't worry. I'm not trying to get with your daughter. Right? Yeah, your mom maybe, <laughs> but like, not your daughter. Um, Mom's cute. <laughs> all right, good to know. Um, you know, Bo break, has a breakdown, almost punches Edwards in the face. Edwards laughs. Uh, you know. Plays well, though. Better, yeah. better performance. Uh, we're all kind of worried that this is kind of the end of the road for Bo. Uh, Kenny Smith's character has a good line. He says, Ron Artest beat up an entire city and everyone loves him now. Uh, but, but the idea is if you can play, everyone will get over it. And, you know, if you're a nice guy, everyone will get over it. Um, I discussed the Wancho oak tree crying part. Um, Wancho's going back to the airport. We think it's over for him. We get one last reprieve. Kenny Smith gives a call to, to Sandler. It says, yeah, there's this... Private yeah. run at it's like a the dream, like the, the private run game, like in like the secret that like, we've always wanted to go to, right? Yeah, like, it's like, it's at it's at Cardinal Bishop High School, which like I know of, like it, it's a it's a big deal prep school. Um, you know, everyone who's everyone is there. Trey Trey Young is playing the game. Aaron Gordon, Jordan Clarkson, who um, you know I mentioned Gordon with the IMDb credits. Jordan, like, are you on Facebook these days? I circle through. Do you get targeted for like basketball reels at all? 
not that much. Okay. I get like a lot of like extreme stunts. Okay. For someone to take a scroll. I get targeted for the basketball ones, and Jordan Clarkson has all these like reels of him like in the gym, like working on his bag, like on his moves. Um, <laughs> and so I like, I'm like, oh, okay, like, he's, he's good moves. He's trying to like expand to to this now, I guess. But you know, I guess now he's back just the Facebook reels. Um, Mark Jackson's in the building. Uh, I did like the little touch that there no, there were no phones allowed in the gym. Uh, that was yeah. kind of a cool touch. Yeah, that's how it should be. Yeah. Uh, we see we see Vin's sister for the first time in the movie since like. <laughs> yeah, she just comes back. And I'm like, I, I don't know if, it, if there must have been like a bunch of scenes cut out with that family dynamic. Should, for we, time. should we discuss this now? We haven't discussed the family yet about like what we're seeing when we see how uh, these siblings are interacting. Like, I don't think the father. I don't think the father matches up with uh, Dr. Buss. He's not the big personality of, of Dr. Yeah, Buss. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, he's not like, he seems to be like a straight up guy, as far as we can tell. But yeah, it's the same thing that the, the brother, for, for no reason whatsoever, the brother took over the team after the father's death. Uh, Jeannie Buss faded to the background, uh, yeah. and then and for some after, reason, after like two, like, three years, it was a shit show, she's like, it's my time now. Yeah, Jeannie just takes over, and like, it's sort of just like, someone that's like, oh, I'm going to take over the team now, yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, that's magically just, like, fix the problem. Yeah. But it's, uh, yeah, funny. I guess they couldn't get too creative about how, uh, how to make this management work. Yeah. But, uh, uh, you, you did ask a question in your rundown, uh, and I had an answer for you. Who is the white guy dressed in crazy shit? Um, uh, did you recognize him or I didn't? I did recognize him as Jimmy Goldstein, but I, I didn't want to screw it up, so I went to his Wikipedia page. Um, he's basically – he used to – when he was younger, he did, like, game stats for the Milwaukee Hawks back in the day. And since then, he's loved basketball and sitting courtside. No one knows how he's made his money or what his net worth is, but he's known for being courtside at many, many NBA basketball games. So he's just like – he's basically the wealthiest – he's a, just a general NBA super fan. He's all over the place. Um, he's had a, a lot of Lakers and Clippers fans, but he's not uh, a specific team fan. Huh, interesting. Yeah. Good Yeah. What are the hours? Um – all right, so the, the, the run begins. Uh, you know, it's kind of at this point time for Bo to nut up or shut up. Um, we, start the, we start the scrimmage with, with Point Boban uh, uh, yeah. waving off Trey Young to bring the ball up the court. Uh, nice callback to the beginning of the movie. And like, I think he takes a full court in the slam. Right? And, and they make a joke that, that the Mavericks think that he's 19, which I thought was pretty funny too. <laughs> Sounds uh, like a Mark Cuban perspective on things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he was on the Mavs. Is he still on the Mavs, actually? I think he got. I think he moved. I think is Jabale now on the Mavs? I think they signed Jabale this offseason. That sounds right. Thank you. Um, yeah. So uh, that happens. Uh, he's just playing within himself for a long time. You know, playing off ball, setting screens, moving, passing, good stuff. What do you want to be seeing out of out of your you know potential role player draft pick or 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 you know post draft signing? Yeah. Does Kermit talk? I guess Kermit does talk a little bit. But so, like, well, one uh, thing, I love, yeah, we didn't even talk about like the, the bullfighting trash talk, which is like so good. Oh, yeah. Like bull, <laughs> like bull, like bull, like bull, like yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. right, because he's, he's pretending to be ignorant about Spain, and then he's like, and then, uh, then he starts doing the the bull. He's like waving his like the the flag with the bullfighter, and uh, yeah. uh, it comes back around in this end scene. Uh, Bo hits a shot in his face and says "Olay, bitch," yeah. um, which I which I really enjoy. It, it's like such like a it's such like a basic like. Spain joke to use, but like it works so well it's, somehow. Because Edwards, he he just delivers the lines <laughs> perfectly. Uh, we do get like cool like basketball scene stuff here. Like you, you hear a lot of talking on defense, right? Like you get the you get the trash talk. Like you know, I, I I've sat pretty close to courtside at like Rutgers games and stuff, and you still don't like quite hear the like you see the trash talk, you don't quite hear it. Yeah. Um, 
And you oh, never okay. see it on TV. They always cut away from it. I thought, like, like Bo, like, called for it. Like, like, Trey, like, over here, Trey. And, like, Trey did it. Yeah, like, yeah. Very, very authentic. <laughs> um, but then eventually, you know, Trey does give the ball to Bo, and, like, he starts taking over, and things are going well for him. Uh, he has a nice block that gets the attention of Brad Stevens. And yeah, Brad Stevens. We, we live happily ever, ever after, pretty much. Um, love the end credit scene. I know you didn't watch it. Um, well, I watched like all like, like I mean they show players things and everything. Oh, by the way, the other homage to Creed in my mind is uh, Sugarman. You know, Bo has his happy ending. Sugarman has his happy ending. Working for Doc Rivers, they do kind of like a Creed like, um, you know, like in Creed they always show the entry out to the arena, and yeah. I thought that that was very similar in this movie of, of Stan walking out with with Doc, and it kind of is like very quiet until it's not, and you hear the everything, mm. and uh, I love that kind of shot. It's very cool. Um, okay. I thought that was kind of an homage like to a, a creedy type situation as well. Uh, end credits, you get everyone. There were some people in the end credits that I didn't necessarily recognize off the bat. Billy King is in the movie, who I think is the worst general manager in the NBA <laughs> of all time. Um, uh, Barkley is in the movie briefly. Uh, uh, well, the, which the I didn't TNT ca- crew, I guess, talks at one point. Yeah, which, uh, which uh, again, similarly, TNT crew exists, but not Kenny Smith in this world, which is well, funny. Like, yeah, it makes sense. Yep. Yeah, it's funny. But, uh, yeah, I'm done with Barkley after all the L.I.B. crap in golf. Well, he, he turned it down. He turned it down. A little too late, buddy. <laughs> Talk is cheap, Ira. Talk is cheap. Um, where does this rank basketball movie-wise to you? I mean, well, I think the thing is, like, this is like a... This is like a cross movie, almost. It's like... Like, most... I feel like most basketball movies... I don't know. I guess it's, it's like a Whoopi Goldberg-type movie, right? Where it's like, it kind of like... It, it operates in reality. But like most, I feel like most like basketball movies like aren't really operating like in our reality as much. I mean, this is up there though, no? I mean, I mean, it's not going to compete with like a Hoosiers or like a classic. Oh, see, like, I, I, I've always thought Hoosiers is overrated in the first place. It's, I mean, they don't hit, these kinds of movies don't hit the emotional heartstrings like those kind of feel-good stories. All right, well, let's, oh, you don't think so? I don't, I don't see it. I mean, what, I guess like, I mean, I'm not gonna the, put this. The, the other the other question you always have to ask in this in this conversation is do you consider documentaries because like have you seen uh, Hoop Dreams? Hoop Dreams, I don't think so. That's like an incredible thing. We're doing docs. I mean, like, all right. Like so the last dance. I, mean, I just dance. I just googled best basketball movies. So let's like here twenty best. Esquire has a list here, uh, updated before this movie came out. It's about like Space Jam. I mean, that's in the conversation. Right? All right, let's go. Let's go to the top here. So I don't think Space Jam is in the conversation, but. Uh, number one on this list is White Man Can't Jump. Uh, that movie is a little more, a little more in depth to me, but like, I think the reality level on that one is like up with this one. Like, it it, it it's a time and a place and a environment that is real. Um, Love and Basketball is on this list at number two. Uh, more of a rom com, I'd say, than a you know yeah. a pure basketball. Though they do nail the elements of like she goes overseas to play basketball and like what that's like. Um. He Got Game is at three. Uh, he Got Game is probably the most like this movie in like terms of what it's trying to accomplish and, and being a realistic view of like that world, the college basketball recruiting world, right? Like you have, you have that scene where like literally like every D1 college basketball coach is in trying to pitch Ray Allen or Jesus Shuttleworth to come play for them. Um, yeah. uh, Hoosiers is on here. I think Hoosiers is extremely overrated. Coach Carter's on here. Where's Joanna uh, Man? Oh, not there yet. Glory, <laughs> Glory Road, which is more of a history movie. Uh, Uncut Gems is on this list, which I think is kind of funny. Not really a basketball movie to me. 
<laughs> Finding Forrester, which I actually always put as like an underrated basketball movie. I'm not sure I saw that. Very good. It's about a high school uh, New York City basketball player. Uh, also not entirely about basketball, but um, Space Jam comes in at number 10 over here. Uh, uh, above the Rim I've never seen, but I've heard good things. Uh, you know, if I'm looking at these movies, like I think this is a top five basketball movie. Honestly, you'd think there'd be a better like a better crop of options out there, but I mean, it's all we got. Like it, it, it's it's undoubtedly top five. I, I think you can make a case for 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 it being, you know, top three, uh, depending on what your preferences are. Um, you know, I I think he got ga- uh, sorry, white man can't jump, and he got game from here tough to to top, but I think this this may top he got game. I'd have to watch it again. Yeah, I haven't seen He Got Game in a long time. Yeah. White Man Can't Jump is just such an enjoyable movie. Although this is an enjoyable movie too. I, I don't know. It's uh, you know, it's feel good, but it's also heartfelt. Yeah. This is good, but I don't know. It's, like I said, like it doesn't, it hits the basketball really well, but like the story itself is, it isn't, I mean, like the pool scene is very nice. I like emotion, like pulls the heart strings, but like besides that, like all like the serious scenes to me, you can't take seriously. I don't know. It's like, like Adam Sandler, Adam Sandler can do serious things. Like let's give, uh, like uncut like, gems or like yeah, yeah. But like he is a comedian at heart, and like you see him and like can't take him fully seriously. And but in this NBA context, it's just like you don't have the same intensity. You know what's funny to me? I I found him extremely believable in this role because he seemed like I know of him as such a basketball person that it it seemed so natural and. You kind of like see him as a schlumpy guy, like being a, a you know this down on his luck scout, and it kind of feels right. Um, you know, I don't know if it's fair to hold that against him forever that it's not a comedy, uh, but yeah, maybe do they go a little hard into the making the basketball realistic, and they could have done a little bit more with the drama, maybe. But um, I, to me, it hit all the right notes. Uh, you know, and as we're seeing, there's not maybe there's not that so many great uh, great movies. You know. Yeah, we Space Jam too. I I don't think anyone's mentioning Space Jam too. <laughs> All right, we've we've gone here about about an hour here. You, you thought this would be a twenty minute conversation. I apologize for uh, so at least twenty, at least twenty for for running this. Paul's excited, and I couldn't I couldn't stop him. Yeah. Do Do you want to? I mean, what what do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about? You know. Yeah. The, do it. Oh, should we should we at least touch base? Manager's meeting coming up, right? We need to get this on the we books. Got, we got to get it on the books. There's nothing else Comedy to do. Words need to be. You know, some work needs to be done. Uh, I think some words need to be changed around. All right. I don't think any work needs to be done. No, well, words require a conversation. No, it's. I think it was corrected mid-season, for the most part. Uh, oh, what about the Levy situation? The Levy situation. Right. Yeah. He didn't declare his player in the trade. Uh. Yeah. Okay. We'll figure it out. I'm just saying, if you want to get these things resolved, you got you got to put the policy in place before we start uh, comparing it to the live action. Are there any off season roster moves that you that you're really interested about as far as fantasy implications go? Uh, in terms or, of the or, NBA? Or, or or team implications, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm looking at like, well, I think, I mean, I mean the Minnesota situation to me is pretty interesting now. I mean, I think it's I mean it's definitely gonna be a hodgepodge. I mean, just the offense ain't gonna flow like it used to. Uh, I mean, Gobert's going to get his numbers, but I think hey, Towns is taking a hit. Obviously, I'm a little anti-Towns now after I dealt him, but, you know, I'm curious. And I think Anthony Edwards still just gets his shots because he's Anthony Edwards. But the uh, rest of the team, tough spot. Kyle Anderson also kind of a weird ad for them, I think. 
Um, so that roster for, for Minnesota, yeah, yeah. It's another non-shooting. It's kind of like a non-shooter, biggish, smallish guy. Like, he plays defense, but just I don't know. Yeah, like I, I, I do hope that Minnesota leans into it and like actually tries to innovate offense. If they just like are like, oh, like we'll figure it out in training camp, like they're in big trouble. They need to come in with like, here's our philosophy. Like, I mean, could you use Carl Towns like Dirk? Like, yes, I know he shoots threes, but like, could you have him like, could you run screens for him? Where he's catching at the the free throw line and either shooting or driving and and lob, or lobbing to go bear. like that'd be cool, but we've seen in recent years that like a lot of teams are resistant to trying, you know, interesting stuff. Yeah, I, I've I found really interesting this summer. Um, something that's kind of popped to me on Twitter. Um, there's this guy who's like ever he's a he's a basketball coach basically. Like he does like personal training and all that. And he's like, everyone always says that the Warriors system is impossible to run. So I, I, I spent the day teaching random guys who were playing pickup uh, the Warriors offense. Hmm. And these guys learn it in like 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and they're getting loose for shots. And they're like, this is the greatest fucking shit I ever in. Hopefully the NBA is going to go back towards running offenses, right? T- to me, and I think you would agree with this, the peak NBA is like Spurs offense, Carlisle, Dirk offense, like teams running real sets – to get guys open, like, yeah, yeah I, I, under, I understand that, like, yes, we have the, the advanced metrics now that we want guys to get threes, but also understanding these are professional basketball players. If you put, it, put in a system where they're, you know, running motion, they're going to get better shots for each other, and, and there's no reason that most teams shouldn't be running a good offense, right? I mean, uh, hopefully Minnesota tries something there, and, and in that case, it'd be very interesting to me, especially with a guy like Towns who's diverse. Kyle Anderson's a great passer, right? Like, he was a point guard in college and high school. Um, they could run interesting stuff if they so choose. Uh, they just need to make the decision to make an investment in, in IQ, basically. So you mean trade D'Angelo Russell? Uh, yeah, because <laughs> if, if he only wants to do what he wants to do, it's not really going to be a good situation for him. Yeah. And Anthony Edwards should be the tangible point guard at this point anyway, probably. So. Yeah, and the ball club, but Anderson's a lot more effective if the ball's in his hands than if he's uh, standing in the corner. So. This is true. Yeah, that's one interesting team. I mean, I think like... Uh, but the Celtics, I think, with the way, like, I think all those fantasy guys are going to take a hit now. There's too much depth on that team. So I'm curious about the implications. Like, you know, they added Brogdon. Uh, they, now that they have, uh, it's been too long. I haven't played, like, Polo in forever. All my names are slipping me. Oh, they, they've, for, for my sake, uh, they've gotten got back Gall- to a lot of, like, the established vets. So, they got like, Gallinari now. They got Gallo. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's going to have, a, I'm sure he'll have a good month or two, you know. And now they have a full a full season now with a uh, what's his name the Spurs point guard uh, uh, Derek White yeah now that Derek White they have for a full year uh, have you been following speaking of Spurs point guards have you been following like the Dejounte Murray trash yeah, talk tour this summer no, I have not been following I saw I saw, I saw the one thing he did like a pickup game the game breaker or like or like or the Paolo Banchero thing. Yeah, is that the guy that he pump faked or what? Yeah, where he pump faked behind his head, dunked it, and then talked well, shit in his face and threw the like, bottom. Yeah, like pumped him, moved him out of the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, yeah, we need visuals. In it was like and one mixtape level yeah, right there. Yeah. And then he comes down with, he, he catches the ball after he goes through the oh, net, yeah, yeah, yeah. throws it at him and talks shit in his face. And they've had a huge Instagram beef as well. Um, because <laughs> apparently, like, they're both from Washington State, and Powell looked up to DeJounte, and now he's like, you know, too big for his britches and, and Murray doesn't like it. Murray's been basically just being an asshole all summer in these pro-ams and uh, hmm. look out for a breakout from him this summer. I think he's going to make like, I, I know he's like 25 already, but I think he's, uh, 
he's ready to like elevate his, his his status in the NBA. I think he, he's like, you know, well, that could be, be very different in the best. It may be a bad look for Pop too if if he really busts out as like a a league wide superstar. Interesting. I mean, what did they get for him? Two first round picks. I mean, yeah, I'm trying to think if they got any players even. I don't think they got anything. I guess they got Gallo who they released or anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But they didn't get much back. Uh, obviously, I'm interested in John Wall at the Clippers. Um, it's been a while, but he looks like he's in decent shape. And look, I, I'm not going to draft him, but I look forward to somebody dropping him. And I'll, I'll scoop him up for a month midseason when I'm quiet PG-13 sit. Fine. You think he's not like built into my, my roster strategy already? Come on. Yeah, but you're going to drop him, Paul. You're no, soft like that? I, no, I'm not soft you like that. Your guys, you turned on John Wall. You turned on Boogie. Wait, so I'm soft for dropping guys, but I'm I'm soft also if I don't. I'm not making ten thousand moves a day to, to to move my roster around. Right? That's how it is. I'm not saying that. Uh, of course, you're not saying that. Well, stay out of my head, Ira. <laughs> um, all right. Or it's a game's returning. <laughs> you have a note here about fantasy baseball. Why do I care about this? Oh, uh, no, you don't have to care. It's all right. We've gone a long way in the podcast. Corey was in, like, the, the perfect position for, like, uh, to trade out again from playoff positioning. So I thought you'd appreciate that. And he did that again? No, he hasn't done it. He should have. So I was in his head being like, don't be a pussy. Stay in, stay in the playoffs. And probably, yeah. He's got, like, you kind of reverse jinxed them now. All right, so. good. I- I'm proud of myself then. He'll be collapsing soon. But. Uh, you have the, nor- the notes here. Horse racing sucks. Uh, I would agree with this. Um, we had... You know, as everyone here knows, because my first boy nights out. My, yeah, my first boys night out, and it was a big flop. Your first boys well, since your wedding. Well, there's only been two boys night boys nights out. I think, right? Uh, well, I consider the first one when the four of us went to uh, Barcade. Ah, uh, okay, the Barcade. Right, yeah. Fine. In fact, the other events have been inspired by that because I'm like, we had so much fun not just sitting in someone's apartment. Right. So let's try to do activities. Uh, it didn't. It didn't help that we started by being dropped off like two miles from where we had to go. <laughs> By our fucking dumbass Uber driver. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, but the horse racing was pretty boring. There's way too much, like, I don't know if there's any, time any in between. sport that is less, uh, less adaptable, like, has not made the effort to adapt to the modern era. Like, you have to, like, meet people where they are, you know? Yeah, and, and not, not even that, but, like, you know, it wasn't even good for the old era. Like, there's no signage of, like, go, like, here's how you play. Like, here are the rules to the game. There's, there's literally nothing to do, like... Unless you're a degenerate gambler, you don't know what you're doing. And if, like, you know, the, the window girl who you get your, like, rewards card from can't explain to you, like, what's your next, <laughs> your establishment's in a bit of trouble. So. No one there seems to know anything outside of what their individual job was. Would you agree with that situation? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I would agree. Yeah. Everyone had their role, and they were not going to change it. Yep. I, I think that'll be our... It was a good experience that we all, we all now know we're not going back to that situation. Um... You know, at least to, to like a small timey, non-event uh, horse race. But I, I can't see myself really going back to the track for anything. Yeah, um, Atlantic City. That, that's where we belong. Yeah, you were, you know you noted Club Levy here. Oh yeah, just I missed out on Club Levy the uh, other uh, week. Did right? anyone go? I didn't go. I don't know. Nobody. Went. I think you were the only one that was talking about going. Yeah. Okay. No, it's a cool beginning. Yeah. Um, yeah. Before we talk about the DC trip that's coming up, let's talk about your wedding. We haven't potted since your wedding. This is true. Yeah. I'll tell you what I told pretty much everybody else, I think. I was very proud of you on your wedding day. I, I really thought you stayed in the moment. You stayed reasonably sober for most of the time. And then when you were like, all right, it's time to have fun, you drank a lot, but you were so in the moment that the alcohol did not impact you in, in, a, in a negative <laughs> yeah, way. Okay. It never impacted me in a negative way. That's yeah. not true, Ira. Come on. 
Did, did you not feel that it was that it was working for you the right way that night? Like that was probably the best drinking night of your uh, life. I think I did well. Yeah. No, I remember. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I, I, I like made an effort to make sure I was like in the moment and not too drunk for most of the night. And I remember, actually, I think like Amy and Delora at one point were like, "I can't believe you're not drunk at your own wedding." And I was like, "Oh." Like, I yeah, guess they are, they are, they are antagon- <laughs> uh, antagonizers, those two. Yeah. And then I was like, you know, I just get, I, it's all it took, you know, I just need a little, little push. Like, and then, but you drank, but you, because you were in the, see, and this is a lesson for you in general. By the way, I will, I will say, I will say my one piece of advice to you on our podcast before your wedding was to stay in the moment and I, that I hope you stay in the moment and you did it. And because you were just enjoying it and not thinking about, oh, do, do I need to drink to make this a memorable night? You were just drinking because it was fun to drink and you were dancing and being part of everything and you made it a great night for everybody you know yeah so you got to carry that forward now it worked and you did shots it was fine but 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 it's because your mindset was right that you didn't take it overboard i guess i mean i think i just i think i I delayed it i didn't jump into it too early it's all about the pacing yeah, like something like. For but usually, you're, but my point is, you're usually thinking about the pacing all night. Like it's on your brain the whole. You're like, you're like, when can I get my next shot? When is the next drink coming? When are we gonna do ne- our next yeah, shot? Well, that's not pacing. That's but, just... No, but that's what I'm saying. Normally, that's your mentality. You you are constantly thinking about how am I gonna get everyone so fucked up. Instead, you were just having fun, right? You were having fun. Yeah, you were well, enjoying I mean, yourself. I was obligated to be a participant, I guess. But know? didn't you enjoy having fun and just being present? Yeah, I enjoyed. Oh, I- I'm always present enjoying myself. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. I, I don't think that you, you're always so wrapped in, in the drinking element that you, you miss out on the other fun parts of the, of, the, of the occasion too. And I just hope you carry this forward because it was a good, it was a great night for you, I think. Yeah. And we all had a great time. I was pleased, yeah. And it was, I think, I think it was nice to go out with a, a bang with a wedding that was like very different than all the other weddings to some degree. It was a different kind of venue. It was a different, it was just a lot of fun. And we ended yeah. up with some good McDonald's and, uh, you know, yeah, no, I'm glad glad you enjoyed it. I hope um, you use the ten pounds of gummy bears well in the future. But yeah, no, it's uh, yeah a lot of gummy bear leftovers, a lot of candy leftovers. But I'm glad it's behind me. Too many, uh, yeah. Well, weddings are a lot of work, you know. I'm, oh yeah, I'm quite happy being in the uh, the post marriage lifestyle. Uh, no, no one denying that situation. Um, last thing we'll talk about here. You got a big DC trip coming up down to Garrett. Uh, yeah, you know, what are your hopes and dreams? Boys weekend around the corner. Um, yeah, the, the plan is, you know, we're trying to hit the road early, beat the traffic. Some people are trying to work that day from Garrett's apartment, but you know, I got my whole weekend ahead of me. So, uh, we just get some cold feet already. And we're, what do you well, mean? I'm here. I'm hearing some, uh, I might have to work's blowing up. Things are getting a little out of control. So he's not going to come or? Yeah. He's, uh, he's wow. backing out. Yeah. Got to eat the eat the DC United ticket probably. Yeah, oh, uh, what, what did that cost? Fifteen bucks. It was, a, it was like a solid like, fifty buck ticket. You know? Oh, you guys got ripped off for MLS. Uh, this is what it costs. I'm wow. The, I'm not the one that runs the MLS ticket exchange. But yeah, no, it's. I think it'll be good. I'm talking about like, watching a little Royal Rumble, a little wrestling. Got a few few restaurant spots. You book the suite in Garrett's building. You know, it's, uh, in his building, there's a suite. Yeah, it's, it's uh, they call it a suite, but it's more of like a. But they like they it's they more rent like a full bed. And, they, but yeah, they rent, rent it out. out. Yeah, you can rent it out. So through yeah. the building or like it was an Airbnb. No, through the building. Yeah, so like Garrett that's pretty cool. Yeah, it comes to a parking spot. So that's awesome. Yeah, I'll use that. I wish it, like all these buildings had that. That'd be great. It's a, yeah, it's a nice thing to have. Yeah, I don't disagree. Well, the ladies have come home, and I think that's a good time for us to end here. Yeah, uh, as always, good. Wait, actually, we'll, let's ask you one question over here. Did, did Leanna watch Hustle with you? Yes. Yeah, you did watch Hustle. Did you enjoy it? Yes. 
Amy, did you enjoy Hustle? But I don't yes. like that guy. Which guy do you not I like? I think I already need to drop him from his roster. Which guy? Kermit. Kermit. Oh, and what don't you like about him? He was so mean. But he was with a smile on his face the whole time. You know he's a nice guy in real life. No, I don't trust him. All right, we're gonna we're gonna go. We're gonna go watch some. Uh, what was the question? Edward did you like the movie Hustle? Edward that was the block. question. Yeah. Do you, do you it like had it? a nice arc. Yeah, it was great. Because we talked about it for most of this podcast. Uh, so. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. Ira has notes. Did he, do you open like notes? Yes, we, we went through the I, notes. I have. Those are, our, those are our notes. These are my notes. I actually did homework for this one for once in my life. But he did it too. Ooh, is that a I have five pages of notes. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to go. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, yeah, we'll be back about managers' it. meeting. Bye. Amy and I will meeting. be back next time. Yeah, see you. Catch you on the flip side. They will not, but thank you, Liana, for this microphone that you provided. This podcast uh, is brought by you <laughs> today. This podcast is brought to you by Liana's microphone. Bye, Bye, Liana. And I will see you next time. All right, cut the mic. Amy as well. <laughs>